You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Go Wild. Go Wild is the fastest growing social media application for outdoor enthusiasts and it's designed by outdoor enthusiasts. If you want more information, visit Google Play Store and download the app or visit timetogowild.com. Let's get outside. It's time to go wild. Land and Legacy Hunting Strategy Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Dye. And I'm Adam Keith. And we've got a cool, cool story for you today. Um, Biz, we'll, we'll jump on into it, but just a little backstory on this Hunting Strategy Podcast. It is going to kind of open your eyes a little bit and provide perspective on new hunters. Um, interviewed a new client of Land and Legacy and um his story of how he got started hunting is incredible and it's eye-opening and it's encouraging i think and and as as we talk about it often um you know we've lost hunters we've we've we're going kind of a downward trend this was this was hope um honestly for me as in guys there's people out there who who have been in the outdoors their whole life and enjoying different types of recreation uh, but then they got introduced to something different and a different way to enjoy recreation. And now within a year, I'm not going to give it away. You know, he's got us on the property. He's just full bore into this, you know, I want to make this this property incredible. I, I want to I watch my son grow up on this property and learn. And we kind of we kind of throw it around the um, the terminology. You throwed it around? Throwed it at it. Throwed yeah. it at it. We were in t- – uh, East Tennessee, so you, you can okay, make you up can words make out up there. Words. Yeah, we throated it around, and it was outdoor classroom. Like that was what he wanted to create for oh, really? his children. And I was like, "That's cool, that's cool." Mm. So cool. he uh, he's he's working on that. He's doing it, and so uh, <coughs> there's that there's that cold again coming back into it. <coughs> Woo. Um, so basically, this is his story of, of how he's evolved within a year's time frame. Of how old was he when he got into deer hunting? Last year. 
how like this, this is like uh and you don't have gosh. to you don't He's have to call him out on it or anything but mid 30s mid 30s okay we'll say mid 30s yeah so a little later than a lot of us have gotten yeah. into it yeah 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 and if we want hunting to change the trends, if we're, if we're wanting to change the trends of hunting, we have to start getting guys of this age and older back into hunting or into hunting for the first time. Because introducing kids is great. It's an absolute must. But a lot of times, we're ch- we should be focusing on trying to get people who are already successful business guys that have the means to where they could get into the, the hunting. Got careers. They've got a yes. car. They've got all this stuff. They can go and do it themselves. But let's speak from, let's just speak here a little bit of truth and say, a lot of times if we're trying to get these people in, it's not going to be getting them by saying, hey, why don't you come kill a big buck with me? It's a, a way to bring the kids in or a way that they could get their their family involved in the outdoors as kind of a, a group activity um, or a way to provide meat for, clean meat for the family um and not just go to the store it's a another expensive hobby with any real um return, return on it yeah, so return for his family and that's that's the biggest thing for him is that enjoyment the ability to bring his family um his young son into this lifestyle awesome he's enjoyed it it shaped him and he wants to he wants to bring that into the fold for for his son so awesome well i can't wait that. to hear it yep All right, are you ready to start a podcast? <laughs> I guess. I have uh, a guest on here today um, that just really got thrown to the wolves. And we are at a property consultation, and um, I I asked politely, and you just said, uh, sure, I'll, I'll come on a podcast, and you know, just we'll see what we're going to make of it, and time will tell. But yeah. everyone's along for the ride. so uh, I'm a bit apprehensive. <laughs> This is a, a unique podcast. We haven't done this before. Um, so what, what you're going to listen to is a quick kind of debrief of prior to being on site. We're, we're in your cabin the right. night before, basically, we step on the property and review the habitat. Um, so what we want to do is just talk about kind of the history of the property itself and then where you're at mindset-wise um, <clears throat> of what you're expecting from a consultation and what you'd like your 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 goals for the property so it kind of gives all the the listeners out there a chance to say all right these guys talk about being a consultant um but like what what does that look like from a a habitat consultant um standpoint like how do these things go so basically that's what we're doing um this is pre-consultation so we're going to talk about the history your your goals and objectives and then you know what you're looking to get out of the property so go ahead introduce yourself where we're at and we'll just kick it cool. off uh my name is john york i uh we're in crossville tennessee uh this is a 100 acre uh, piece of property that my family bought when i was 14 years old mm-hmm. and uh for the first four years that we were down here uh my dad and i kind of rehabbed it a, a bit um uh, it was essentially very overgrown and and hadn't been touched in years and was previously um, a section of it i want to say 15 to 20 acres is was open Mm -hmm. and was planted in pines and 
kind of then that was for some reason pushed aside into giant brush piles and then let to overgrow. So right. for the first couple of years, we just uh, bush hogged it and um, burnt the brush piles and uh, I slept in the barn for uh, <laughs> uh, probably a hundred nights. Yeah. Uh, and uh, this was, you know, it was a big part of my uh, growing up and into sure. maturity. And I wasn't much of a uh, hunter then, but mm-hmm. uh, just love being outdoors and, and love coming down here. And we built this cabin that we're in now uh, when I was about 18. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been a, you know, a big uh, focal point for my family. And Absolutely. so we all come down here and hang out. That's um, cool. Yeah. So. So you said a couple <coughs> cool things that we want to touch on. We are in East Tennessee. So if someone's, you know, wondering where yep. that's at. And, and <coughs> this is the, basically the eastern edge of the Cumberland Plateau. Um, right after I got off the interstate, I came from the east, from the Virginia side, working west. And uh, you climb elevation yep. pretty rapidly. Yeah. So this is a unique kind of transitional zone uh, for the state of Tennessee, yeah, um, a lot of rich history in this area, and uh, you know when it comes to habitat, we've we've talked about it basically pre-podcast um, of what this area would have looked like, and it's it's cool to see um, really small remnants of of what it could be and what it has been from the vegetation standpoint as we're looking whether it's like a power line right away driving in. Um, but we came in in the dark. So yeah. truthfully, yeah. I don't know what we're looking at besides an aerial photo. Um, so tr- like this is blind as a bat. Um, I'm uh, super excited to get uh, boots on the ground on the property, walking it with you, and then seeing you know, what the current state of the habitat is. What is here from a timber standpoint? What kind of uh, vegetation is out there? What are your goals and objectives are really understanding that. And it, and this podcast is, is super neat from, um, I guess, a listener standpoint. And the fact that you're relatively new to hunting as well. That's correct. But you've grown up on this property, so you've seen it change and evolve over time. Um, so as, as we talk about true habitat management and how that correlates to hunting tomorrow, It'll be neat to see, you know, all the wheels start turning and, and what you've seen from, a, you know, a hunting standpoint, an observation standpoint, um, uh, learning this property even more and how deer and other wildlife species are, are utilizing it currently, but how we anticipate our habitat recommendations changing that to benefit you as a hunter. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, absolutely. So what is your hunting history so far to date and what has led you in that time frame though to say i want to know more about the habitat and what our family's property can offer well um i you know i kind of grew up dove hunting and, uh-huh. and did some duck hunting out in west tennessee uh but uh not much in the way of deer hunting had tons of friends that did it sure. uh, uh, just kind of as i told you before picked up a lot through osmosis just being mm-hmm. in a rural community it's East Tennessee. Uh, Everyone's yeah, got a deer exactly. rifle in the truck, right? Exactly. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, so I, uh, uh, I, I had to leave Tennessee for uh, you know, my profession for a number of years, and mm-hmm. finally made it back. And 
um, in the last year or two, I've I've uh, picked up hunting uh, right. again. Um, killed my first turkey this year and awesome. my first deer this year. Not Fantastic. on this property, uh, right. but uh, at a friend's property that has been managed well for uh you know he's he's watched it closely for 15 years and so seeing what he has done um and how incredible his land is Mm -hmm. you know it gave me a bit of jealousy Uh, Um, but um i have a uh one and a half year old um and so everything that i do is through the lens of thinking about you know what kind of uh life am i going to bring him up in and sure uh what lessons am i going to teach him and that's character so cool. that I'm going to give him and and so in in doing so it you know it 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 brought me back to a recollection of my own upbringing and and right. uh uh we live more in suburbia these days uh than than I did when I grew up and so I just really wanted to make sure that this property was a part of his upbringing and That's that so cool. I could pass on lessons of of uh you know the wildlife and the uh habitat and hunting and and all of that culture that goes with it yeah, absolutely. Like I said, talking pre, pre-podcast recording, you know, that to me, and I know Adam's the same way, and you're the same way, we were blessed with the opportunity to grow up in that outdoor environment. Yeah. And I look back and say, wow, that, that was such a blessing, because not everyone had that. And and for me, I, I it was so influential as to why we're sitting here today, honestly, and the lessons that were learned. Um, and, and it's funny too, because not every lesson that I learned, I didn't realize it was a lesson until later on in life when I started to really educate myself on whether it's a natural process uh, of habitat or, or farming or these different techniques, whatever it was, it, I didn't realize I was learning as I was learning. Yeah, and yeah. properties that we had access to in essence, were as I look back now, uh, an outdoor classroom, yeah. and, and that's what that's what they were because we saw, you know, whether that property was logged or it was farmed in this manner, or we hunted it. I I saw changes and I saw things um, that impacted me growing up, and same thing for you. You you have an outdoor lifestyle, um, but importantly, you see the value of this property impacting your kid's life yeah yeah. and you want to emulate that as you know teach them lessons outside you know not in front of a tablet screen or iphone screen or video game whatever there's so much to learn in the natural world that you see that as an opportunity and want to make the most out of it oh yeah amen to that i mean the um um it's just there's a growing disconnection I think between today's youth and mm-hmm. the outside world and and that's something that I really wanted to be a part of my son's life. Yeah, so, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So I got to walk the walk. Absolutely, well, yeah. no doubt, no doubt. Because even though you're relatively new to hunting, you know, it, it doesn't. You don't have to be a hunter though to enjoy this stuff. That's that's the important thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. You enjoyed it whether you were hiking or uh, other outdoor activities growing up, and like I said, just sleeping outside in the barn. Yeah, that was just fun. That was just cool. It was just something you yeah. did. Um, and I'm sure there was, you know, fires, campfires, and stories that you can recall from growing up. But like, it, it's Absolutely. just you have to be immersed in it and have that opportunity. And that's why you know, 
course, it's always important to bring new people outside and, and allow them to have those experiences. Um, and that's, in essence, what you're doing right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what tomorrow's going to bring. Hopefully, we're going to be able to share some education. Um, again, what's out there, the direction it needs to go, techniques to be able to use. Um, but you're then simply going to translate that into something um, that's going to impact your son's life and bring him up yep. in it. So ultimately, cool. what is it that you want to get out of a consultation tomorrow? Like, what is it you're looking for? Um, you know, maybe even if you're willing or want to state your goals for, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> for the property. Again, what what is it that you're looking for ultimately um, in, in a consultation? Um, I, I mean, I, first and foremost, I think I'm I'm, I'm looking for your knowledge as mm-hmm. much as I can glean from it. I, I anticipate I'm just going to pepper you with questions. The <laughs> Good. <day tomorrow. laughs> uh, but, um, you know, my dream set up for what I'd like for this property to be is it's primarily a recreational property. We don't have cattle. Um, mm-hmm. You know, maybe one day if we ever expanded the land, we would consider that. But that's, sure. uh, we don't live here, so cattle would be kind of uh, a, a challenge for us. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, what I want more than anything else is to, to have a place where wildlife flourish, uh, where the opportunities to, to view those or harvest mm-hmm. those are there. Um, I uh, uh, would like to uh, impact the habitat to the point that, that the deer uh, and turkey primarily are uh, flourishing. Um, right. And, um, you know, as a, as a hunter and as a, you know, a, professional with a busy life and a young son uh, you know my opportunities to hunt are not uh, you know incredibly numerous uh, sure some guys kind of have that luxury of, of the freedom out every afternoon and every weekend and yeah that's not me um, sure. but um, I I would like to engineer this if I can to mm-hmm. a point where um, I can set aside you know four weekends a year and uh, or maybe an extended weekend here or there that um, that I can come down and have a solid idea of their uh, travel patterns um, and because I've I have designed them that way sure um, and increase my chances of, of an encounter or uh, you know viewing and potentially harvesting a you know a doe or a buck absolutely um, and uh, you know the CWD just hit Tennessee, uh, West Tennessee. Um, and, uh, so I, I, I'm very conscious of having, uh, a healthy population, Mm -hmm. uh, not something that's overly numerous. Sure. Um, that, uh, you know, I want to do my part if I can to try to have a healthy herd that can resist the spread of that disease if we can. Mm -hmm. Um, but. Cool. And one of the things that you said there that I think that's important for other people too to take in is almost the efficiency of a property and and no matter where we go wherever a property is something is is limiting there whether it's a resource um but typically the common denominator is time time to be able to either put into the habitat manipulation or the time to enjoy that hard work from a hunting standpoint um so er, that's always a limiting factor. So when you do come out and you do have the time to hunt, you want it to be successful. And that's where having a plan, a setup, um, like I said, engineered property, if you will, that 
totally takes in all the the property features from a terrain aspect from uh, the the general deer movement enhances that with specific habitat features and manipulations that when you do come out and you've got you're thrown let's say a curveball and you've got a southeast wind you're you still have a, the property set up that you can be effective that afternoon and harvest a deer or have at least a good chance of yeah. harvesting a deer um because you, you never know what Mother Nature is going to throw at you. You never know the time that you have off. You can make plans and this and that. But that's yeah. always subject to change. Yeah. But knowing or, or having the peace of mind of saying, no matter what, I- if it's a Tuesday afternoon or if it's a Saturday morning, I have the ability to go to the property, hunt that northwest wind or hunt that south wind, and feel pretty confident that I'm going to see something or have an opportunity to harvest it. Exactly. Uh, you know, I... You hear those guys say that they uh, uh, that there's uh, I don't know what is it, like a lot of people quote that seventy percent of their uh, harvest come from first time sits and stands and right or at least a lot of those big mm-hmm. big name guys will quote something like that and so sure. um, uh, assuming that that's true if you can set up four or five good stands that uh, that you have designed for specific wins and take advantage of those over mm-hmm. four or five occasions uh, you know then that's without overpressuring or, or bumping the deer on the neighbor's property. And, you know, this is, like you said, you've got, this is East Tennessee and, and, uh, so everybody hunts. And so if right. I, if I just butcher my access, I know I'm going to run them all off. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think, uh, efficiency from a hunting standpoint is probably priority number one. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and that, that's perfect because that there's a marriage between, the habitat manipulation and that hunting um, strategy when it comes to that, to a property and developing it. Um, Of course, we're going to set whether it is objectives or goals year one of, okay, you do these things, you do X one through 10 and set it out basically on a calendar and say, try to accomplish this springtime. This is where, you know, efficiency again is going to be the best, but come, come September uh, you, you can set back, or really now it's August in Tennessee. There's yeah. a three-day yeah. velvet season. I forgot yeah. about that. Um, so come late August, you could sit back and say, okay, I've done a lot of work. Uh, I, I've I've got it set up better now that that efficiency is going to come through. And it's, That's the other cool thing is it's not going to happen year one. And you already have the mindset and, and knowledge base that it's not going to happen, you know, between now and August. It's going to happen over, you know, years of developing it and managing the resource but that's that's where you get to share that experiences with your son yeah totally and I bring mean, him into that fold exactly i'm, I'm i want to get it to to prime time uh by the time he enter uh you know enters the the hunting community absolutely well fantastic this is again the evening before so we're gonna hit it um tomorrow and uh, we'll come back and do another 15, 20 minute kind of update on what it was, maybe share some information that you gleaned um, off the property that you didn't know, or maybe a resource you hadn't looked at before um, that's that's specific to the property, whatever it is, whatever you want to share, we'll just come back and hit that um, in a follow-up podcast. Sounds great. All right. Appreciate it. Man, John shared some awesome points um i i love hearing that story and, and i know that there's a lot of other people out there as well who 
we're in that same boat. You know, I, I want to get into that uh, outdoor lifestyle. I want I want to hunt. I want to I want to do this. And they're a little older in age, but don't let that stop you. Don't let um, you know access stop you. Find a hunter. Hopefully, we're all out there with the same mindset of you know connect with that hunter that you know in your life and get out there. Be a part of it. Yeah, we ought to be all welcoming people like John into the fold say, hey, I, w- I want to recruit you into a hunting. Because now, not only is John going to be a hunter, but his son's going to be a hunter. Not only is John going to be a, a land manager and improve the health of his family's property, his son's going to learn how to do that too. Yeah, That's for important. sure. Absolutely. It's probably more important on – that's more important than whether or not you're killing the biggest buck out of your buddies. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Which is something that gets portrayed as being the most important in, in yes. this day and age. So make sure you're doing it for the right reasons if you really want to have a lasting infect, uh, effect. Yep. So anyway, well, we I appreciate you guys. Listening. I hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll catch you next week. See ya.